Welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Over the next hour, you will hear raw, honest, and inspiring conversation between Lindsay and her guests, discussing how to thrive, live joyfully, and abundantly in spite of life's challenges. Now, here is your host, Lindsay McCowan. Welcome, everyone, to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I'm your host, Lindsay McCowan, and today I have the extreme pleasure of having a very special guest on. But before I invite this amazing woman on, we are going to take a moment to stop and pause and breathe. So wherever you are, just take a moment to stop all the busy activity. If you're driving, obviously, keep your hands on the wheel, eyes open. But just drop into your body in this moment. And what I mean by that is take several deep breaths down deep into your belly. Just feeling your belly expand with each inhale and hug inward with each exhale. And if you're in a place where you can do so, place your hands upon the part of your body that you criticize the most, where you pass judgment, where you wish it was different, where you've heard perhaps other people criticize your body or simply that internal voice. And then breathe into this area of your body. And allow the hands just to be an extension of your heart energy, a heart that is filled with compassion and love and truth. And what would it be like to release that judgment, to le- release the criticism, or perhaps even the shame, and to feel simply joy and love for this vessel? this incredible body that is with you from the time that you were born until the time that you die? Would it be possible to honor it as a vehicle to experience this amazing life? Take another deep breath in and out. So we're going to dive deeper into how we can love ourselves and love this body. And our guest, Stacia Savasic, is going to join us today to help us with this revolution where we can love our bodies through experiencing and claiming our own personal style. So Stacia is a Vermont-based personal stylist, dynamic teacher, and a body positive advocate now and recently claiming that she is a style activist (laughs) whose TEDx talk launched an international revolution drawing clients from all over the world into her signature program. Stacia has infectious energy. I love talking to her because she has so much joy that just bubbles out from her and she has grit and she ushers women into feelings of insignificance, body shame, and that perpetual state of why bother into a state where they can radically accept themselves and love themselves for who they are, who they're meant to be, and how they want to show up in the world. So I'm extremely honored to have her here today and joining us. So thank you so much for being here today, Stacia. Did I do do your name right? Did I get it right? It it was so close. (laughs) Okay, so close. Savasic. Yeah. You know, we talked about this before. It's a tricky one. It, it seems like there's a curse because every single person, no matter how much they practice it, <laughs> at that moment of truth where you have the to- The moment of truth. Yes. It's like, got it wrong. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> I do it too. 
So I think it's just this thing that happens. I'm on and pressure. It's okay. pressure. Yeah, totally. It's okay. Okay. So thank you for being here again. And I'm very excited just to dive right in because even though we have an hour for our show, it goes by so fast, especially when we have so many amazing things to talk about. And I'm just so curious, like, you know, how for me personally, like I was, I'm, I've since COVID, I've just been behind my desk working from home. I barely, you know, I wear the same thing day in, day out. It's nothing fancy. It's just about comfort. And I feel like I've lost my sense of personal style. And with that, I have been feeling a little bit like not as celebratory of my body. Mm. And so I'm like, wow, this is so interesting that I'm not, you know, after I started to hear you talk and what your your mission is. I'm like starting to notice, wow, I really am starting to dampen down my clothes and I'm starting to feel the dampening of my light in some ways. And I'm pretty bold and big in mm-hmm. work, but I was like, wait, mm-hmm. let me think about this a little bit. And it made me think mm-hmm. of Elizabeth Gilbert when she talked about in her big magic book that if you want creativity and life to show up for you, then get dressed for it. Like get dressed for Absolutely. it. Yeah. So like, I'm like, what should I wear today? <laughs> it's radio, <laughs> no one can see me. But uh, And so it got me to thinking about that. And how did you come about with this work? I mean, how did you start to realize by changing your clothes and acclaiming as a vehicle for acclaiming your light and your boldness and your worth? Um, it's a great question. And it, you know, it's still a funny thing for me. You know, I've been doing this work for eight, 10 years now. And I still am like, really? I do personal style? I hated style. (laughs) I was, you know, it was just something that I never understood. I didn't get it. I thought it was for those kind of people, not for me. Um, I just had all these reasons why it just, you know, it wasn't something that, it, it was something that stressed me out. I'll put it that way because I didn't know how to do it. Right. And I couldn't figure out what my style was and I was on a budget and, you know, just like I couldn't, I just could never figure it out. Um, and really the, I didn't, it like didn't even happen on purpose. And it really started um, when my oldest child, who's now 15, was just a little bibbit. She was just little and she was born with a lot of, and so this is, you know, part of what I'll repeat is something that you've heard in my TED talk, but she was born with a lot of um, physical differences And my goal as her mama was to do everything I could to make sure she fit in, right? Like that was my thing. And so I worked really hard to make sure that she had all of the cutest things all the time. And she hated everything that I put on her. And it was so frustrating for me. And she always wanted to wear, and I'm going to throw quotes around a word that I'm going to use because it's not the way I typically talk about clothes anymore. Um, But this is 15, you know, 14, 13 12 years ago. And so then we put her in, she only wanted to wear boy clothes, right? And so that's when I'm throwing air quotes around because I have a much more broad view now of, you know, sort of gender neutral clothing or clothing not having a gender. Um, And there was a real tension there uh, of me wanting to make sure that she fit in and her saying, but this isn't like, this is, I I don't want to wear these cute jeans and these little dresses with the matching panties, you know, the little bloomer bottoms. Yeah. And she just didn't want to have anything to do with it. And so really the whole, like the whole thing started for me was in that tension, in that friction that I had with my child who I wanted to make sure fit in 
knowing it was going to be a hard road for her in some ways, just based on my very typical experience of never feeling like I fit in and I'm just regular. I don't have any physical differences, right? So I was like, I'm going to go all in on this. And um, so there, there was that tension and she ultimately won. And we had this really profound moment in a thrift store because I all my I thrift, like 90% of my closet is thrifted. Um, and we were at a thrift store and she wanted to buy a shirt and tie. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, we're just not going to do that. And I just kind of went around it, went around it. And then she came up with a sales, with like one of the sales people came up and was like, they, they like, she got back up the <laughs> bugger. She came up with this brilliant person. Yeah. With a shirt and a tie. They were horrible. And the woman was like, they're $3. Are you really going to say no? So I totally got peer pressure into buying my kid a shirt and tie. And then we got home and she had this moment. She put on her shirt and tie and she ran across the living room and said, mama, look how much faster I can run. And then she jumped up and down and said, look how much higher I can jump when I'm wearing clothes on the outside that feel like me on the inside. Right. And I was like, first of all, that's really profound. Yeah. You're four or five. You know, she was just little. Um, and it and it and it really like a whole paradigm crumbled. Like my whole like this whole fitting in paradigm crumbled right before my eyes. Because if she doesn't belong to herself, she will never fit anywhere. Right. Yeah, and so true. that was really the beginning of me understanding what I now call, and it's really the foundation of my business, inside out congruency. Who are you? And how do you want to show up in the world? Where, What can you put on your body that is a reflection that connects you to your essence, your soul fire, your the, sort of the, you know, that place inside you that's never been wounded, that sort of like the beauty within. And you know, when you are doing your intro and talking about, you know, I'm on the radio, nobody's going to see me. So it's, you know, those kind of things. And it's for me, style and getting dressed has nothing to do with anybody seeing me. It has to do with the resources. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to take an early break so we can figure out these technical uh, difficulties. And, but please don't go anywhere because we are going to jump right back into this conversation and how important it is to really own like your self-worth and not for someone else's personal pleasure. Okay. We'll be right back after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the divine feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv goddess to sign up today. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Welcome back, everyone, to Women Thriving Unapologetically. This is Lindsay McCowan. I'm here with Stacia. Okay, I'm going to get this right. Savasic. Yeah, I did it. (laughs) Okay, so we had a little bit of technical difficulty. This is what happens sometimes with radio, but... We're going to be all calm, cool, and collected while we're, we're good. jumping we're right good. back in. It's a little bit weird for me, but it's I'm okay. okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'm okay. Well, it happens. And this is part of like when we really, as women, start to kind of step into owning our worth and and really being aligned with that that greater truth of who we are, then when we have these challenging moments, whether it's just having some technical difficulty on a live radio show or you know, someone getting ill or someone being mean to us, we can stay centered in that place. And it's okay because life happens. And how do we stay steady and calm in that? And part of what I love about what you do is you're helping women find the that truth through style. And it really is this whole idea of what you call wearing our worth. Like, how do you wear your worth? Can you tell us more about how you can, like, what that means for you and how you help women where they're worth. Well, and I I think it always starts with a question is sort of, what do I need today? What do I need to access? What is, and it it starts with the assumption that I already am everything that I need to be. I'm not broken. I don't need to be fixed. Everything that I wish was me is me. It just may be something I haven't yet cultivated. The only way I'm going to cultivate it is if I practice connecting to it. Right. And so even this morning I got dressed and I was like, I'm feeling fiery. And I had on a red sweater and I was sitting and having my breakfast and, you know, nourishing my body. I have a morning breakfast ritual. I have a call it my fancy breakfast and I sit and I, you know, decorate the table and it's so lovely. And then I was like, you know, my brain wanted me to be fiery, but I'm actually feeling a little more easy. I'm feeling a little more, I want to go into this radio show with a little more, with my feet on the ground a little bit. I want to feel a little more centered, a little more, you know, grounded. And so I changed my clothes to support what it is that I knew I needed walking into the show. I can be a pretty high vibrating person with a lot of energy and a lot of adrenaline. So it's like, yeah. Red, right? Is what, but sometimes that energy is is not actually what I need. It's my default. Um, and so it takes intention and practice to say, actually, I want to connect to a different part of me right now. Um, yes, this is a part of me. I love this part of me, but there's another part of me that I want to connect to. So I'm gonna put on my like dusty eggplant sweater that just the material the fit, the color just took my energy and went, right. And brought me more into my body rather than that excited, you know, sort of like brought me out of my excited chest and into my belly. And I'm able to do that by changing my clothes. I look down, I see it. It's a reminder. My clothes become a touchstone 
for the parts of me that I want to connect to and cultivate. And this is so beautiful because, you know, my background is yoga and meditation and neuroencoding and all of those things. And, um, but it's so fascinating because we speak the similar languages, but we have a different modality that help women like, okay, how are, how can you be really aware of what you need in this moment? And it always starts with that awareness. And so few of us have that awareness, or I won't say so few of us, like at one point in time, I didn't have the awareness. I would just put on like what someone else told me, like I loved fashion growing up and, but I would always still be in that container. Oh, you can't wear white after Labor Day or, you know, that color isn't great for you or that's what you should be wearing. And it's like, wait a second, what do I feel I need and what's going to make me feel more grounded in this moment or what's going to make me feel more alive so that the clothes can be that personal reminder. And I think that's just brilliant that you bring that in so that because the clothes are on you all day long and if you need to change them, you can change them. Yeah. I think it's such a beautiful way. I I think it's something for me, it's something that's always been really accessible because I get dressed every day in something. I mean, I'm not naked, so I'm wearing something, (laughs) even if it's my pajamas or my yoga, like I'm putting something on my body. And for me, when I go to my closet in the morning, the question I never ask is what am I going to wear today? Because that Right, that like automatically disconnects me from my body, right? And it turns it into this heady experience. And so I sort of stand in front of my closet and I, you know, hands on chest and I just kind of feel into my body. What do I need today? How do I want to feel today? What do I want to connect to? What do I want to cultivate? And then I get dressed from there, right? And so I am setting myself up first thing in the morning for my day. And if I forget, I did this recently and I got dressed and I was, you know, our cat had gone missing and I got dressed in all black and I was walking around the house and I was like, was fast. And I was felt, I felt like furious. And I, and I was like, Whoa, like I'm just wearing all black. Mike, like, this is like, I feel hard. I feel edgy. I feel, I don't feel like I'm sad and I need to you know, I want to allow space in my body to feel the sadness that my kitty is missing. So I went to my closet and I changed into a completely different outfit, pinks and blues. And it was like, I could feel myself move from like a response to sort of like my world to being integrated into my world. It was just, it was profound how when I get dressed, if I find myself buzzing around, disconnected from myself. I know I haven't chosen correctly. So I go back and I choose something different. And then it's like, I can feel, it's almost like my body goes like, like, like the succopator sucks me right back into my body, as opposed to having this sort of like buzzing outside of my body experience, which is where I tend to live, which is where our culture puts most of us, right? Because we're chronically busy, chronically hustling, chronically trying to prove our worthiness. You know, (laughs) it's like, there's so much out there that just keeps us buzzing and humming. It's pretty, I call it revolutionary, R-E-V-E-L-Y-O-U. So it's reveling in yourself. It's pretty revolutionary to say, I'm going to sort of opt out of all of that 
and come into my body and lead from this place as opposed to from the hustle, from the busy, from the fighting for my worthiness. Um, and it's so interesting because when you just put your hands on your body and you say, what do you need? Because I often do this, but I've never done it in my closet. Uh, <laughs> I do it for other things like, oh, I'm not, I'm feeling a little sad today. So I put my hands on my body. What do you need? And then I'm, I let myself be guided that way. But like you said, like the, the clothes are so accessible and it's just like the first stepping point to something even bigger. Like now you have this practice, put your hands on your body. What do you need? You can do that at any point of the day for anything. And it becomes this practice of bringing yourself back into the wisdom of your body, which is where your power is. It's not out there in everyone else's expectations or in that hustle and the chaos and the frenzy and the pushing, but it's within us. And I think oftentimes we as women or everybody really forgets that this is where our power is and this is how we can take that back. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been, and I, and, you know, with, with the inside out congruency sort of, you know, what am I, what in, inner resources do I need and want to connect with today? Um, I think there's this whole other piece that, you know, is so, so important. And it's, you know, the congruency part, so, so important, but it's also bringing you into relationship with your body because now your body's wearing the clothes. And so then it's, are you wearing clothes that, you know, connect you to soul fire, connect you to whatever it is that you want to be connected to? Um, do they fit you? Like, that's kind of a big question. And if I, I work with women, I've worked with thousands of women and we do at the end of style school. So that's my signature program, style school. At the end of style school, we do curation. We curate our closets. And it is with uh, almost across the board, women get rid of between 50 and 75% of what they own because it doesn't even fit their bodies because they've been holding on to it for so long, right? And of course, that leads to writing all kinds of stories inside your head about your body being a bad body or not having a good enough body, your body being a problem or whatever. Um, Or not celebrating the body you have in this moment because you're holding on to a size that's, you know, that you were 10, maybe even 20 years ago. Yes. Yes. I call it your day body, sort of the celebration and acceptance and showing. um, I talk a lot about showing love to your today body um, and showing love is different than loving. Right. So if I'm acting loving toward my body, it doesn't mean I'm like, ooh. That cellulite is so delicious, right? Like, I can't trick myself into that, but I can say I can act loving toward my body. One of the, like I was saying, I have my fancy breakfast in the morning. That's one of the ways, one of the many ways in which I show love to my today body by nourishing it with foods that feel really good. I do the same thing with my clothes. It is a gift I give to my body to wear something that fits me, that feels good, that allows me to look in the mirror and not go, ugh, disgusting, which is what I used to do. I spent decades. That was my word I would use to describe my body, disgusting. It it like blows my mind. I was like 22 saying that when I was when I was thin and had no cellulite, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I still thought, so that's when you're like, it's just brain, you know, brainwashing. We're never supposed to feel like enough. We're never supposed to feel good enough because it doesn't matter what your body looks like, right? Um, for that shame to be so, so present. And I just, by wearing clothes that 
fit my body, you know, pants that don't give me the muffin top or hurt my crotch when I sit down because the rise is too short and they're too small, but you're like, they fit, they fit. I, can't, I can't breathe, but they fit, right? Like really being able to say, no, I'm not going to do that to my body. I'm not going to wear things that are uncomfortable. I'm going to wear things, of course, that fit me, that make me feel good and then connect me to the things that I want to be connected to. Because if your pants don't fit, doesn't matter if they're your favorites, right? If they don't fit, they don't feel good. That's going to trigger all the negative voices inside your head. They're going to say mean things about your body. So you're not going to move very far. So there's two components to it, right? The congruency part, absolutely. Using your closet as a tool to connect to the parts inside you that you need to connect to. Um, and then also making sure that the clothes fit you is <laughs> really, really important. And understanding that, yeah, it's hard to find clothes that fit because I know there are listeners going, right, but clothes never fit me. And I want to say that's kind of a human experience. We have this expectation that clothes should just fit us because we see clothes are no longer tailored. So you have to go pick something off of a rack that in all sizes are not consistent, you know, and a size eight in one brand is really a size four in another. A size eight in one brand is a size four in the same damn brand. There's no consistency within brands. And even a size, and I've done these experiments before where I was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to try on 10 of the same exact jeans in the same exact size. None of them fit the same. Wow. I've had some that I'm like, okay, this fits me perfectly. This one, I can't get past my knees. Same brand, same manufacturer, like same, 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 same. I can't get them past my kneecaps, right? And the other ones, I'm like, I need like seven belts for these. They're all the same size in the same brand in the same store. Thank God. Not even like it was the skinny versus, no, same, same. You know, so it's all very arbitrary. <laughs> um, this is such great information for us as women listening because, you know, we have to let go of the size, like oh, look at the size yeah. and just how does it make you feel? Like, how do you, feel? how do you want to feel and let yeah. go of trying to shrink yourself? Because that's just part of that conditioning. How small can we get? If we're, the smaller we are, the prettier we'll be or the more that we, you know. Mm-hmm we are. Yeah. Yeah. The more worthy we are. So how does like, so I'm just going to, let's just, that's a nice segue into how can going through this process really help us start to unravel some of that conditioning that we have as women, like, okay, from the patriarchy, they were going to throw that word out there because it needs to be thrown out. (laughs) It's all, it's all the patriarchy (laughs) as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's part of our social conditioning and it's part of, I mean, it's even bigger than just patriarchy, right? I mean, it's, it's, if we look at the beauty standards that we, that we hold up. So this is the thing that I think is really, really critical is we abide by the beauty standards that are abusing us, right? We are not only victims of the beauty standards, we are complicit in making sure that they stay strong, right? That they stay standing. And what's so unfair about them is at the top, at the pinnacle of the beauty standard is a typically a tall, white, slender, able-bodied person, right? Woman. And it's 
right out of the gate, beauty standards are they're ableist, they're racist, they're, you know, they're, they're they're like misogyny is dripping through the whole thing because it's what have men found to be beautiful in women that becomes the ideal and that becomes the standard. And so the whole system is anti-woman because even if you're sitting at the top of the beauty standard and you've got the boobs and the butt and the waist and the thick flowing hair and the thigh cap or whatever it is, if you've got the things, you are only there because you're standing on the shoulders of somebody else that's trying to work their way up this hierarchical ladder, right? And so it's just unjust in all the ways. Um, So I think it's important to recognize that when I say something like, Oh, I can't get away with that. That's me saying, I believe in the beauty standards. When I say, I can't wear a mini skirt, I'm too old for that. I'm saying, I believe in beauty standards because it's ages too, right? You have to be a certain age and after that you're expired. Um, so every time we throw ourselves under the bus, we are saying, I, I pledge allegiance to the beauty standards that, <laughs> that have been controlling my life for decades because... We can, we, it's so easy to say, I don't believe in the beauty standards and then follow the beauty standards rules. Yeah. Cause that's it's where like, it gets what so happens crazy. if you don't follow the standards? What does that mean? Yeah. That's right. That's when, that's when things get, that's what I call it a revolution, <laughs> right? When you start reveling in yourself into how you feel in your body outside of the beauty standards, it's a completely different paradigm, right? Because now, I can say, you know, I just had this experience yesterday where I wore um, or orange. They're like bright orange. I got them at the thrift store for like eight bucks. These bright orange heel platformy wedgie shoes with jeans. I have never in my life wore heels with jeans. Like I live in rural Vermont. That's not really a thing here. Um, and I wore them yesterday and I was like, whoa, too much. Can't get away with this. Like that was my, that's my, my trigger thought. And I was like, whoa, this is really interesting. So. Then what I did was I said, well, let me feel what it feels like to wear this outfit. And I was standing in my shoes and I was like, the shoes feel good. And then I was like, okay, how about the jeans? How do the jeans feel on my body? They feel good. How does the shirt feel on my body? Feels good. How about these big giant earrings you're wearing? Ooh, they're tickling your neck. They're flirting with you. Feels good. So my experience in my body is good. And then I look in the mirror and I say, but I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm not this. Now I'm trying to be somebody that I can't be. So I have just measured myself up against a beauty standard. I'm not tall enough. I don't get the legs for that. I'm too old. You know, I'm almost 50, whatever. That, that's when I get into trouble. But if I move back into my body and my, my experience in my body, I feel sensational, right? That's, that's the work is the, the thoughts come up in our heads and we go, right, but how do I feel in my body? Right? Like, oh, my, the cellulite on my thighs, just like sit and be with your legs. Actually, I feel like my legs are like, they're good. Like, good, like we're doing good things, good legs right now. Like I'm having a good, but then the thought kicks in, but they're not as smooth as they're supposed to be. They're not as long as they're supposed to be, but they have cellulite on there. They have dimples, they have stretch marks, they have veins whatever, that's when we get into trouble. If I just stand here 
and connect with my legs, that's going to be pretty, pretty good, right? When I just focus on that experience, if I'm not in significant pain or, you know, anything like that. Um, And that's beautiful because when you just stand there and you can feel into your body, you're not looking in the mirror, you're just like feeling into your body, like, how does my body feel? It's like, it actually feels good. Then there's more love there. Mm-hmm. The love is right is there. It's, like, it's interesting. As soon as we look into the mirror is when the love starts to break down. Like, well, being able to love, like, sin, what, what, what did you say? Loving yourself. Showing love to yourself. Showing yeah. love to yourself. Mm-hmm. And what I have found for myself personally is that when I've been able to show love to myself, because, you know, I didn't believe, you know, that I love this part of my body. But when I could just show love to a part of my body that's the doorway into actually experiencing love for myself. 100%. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, and over time, just by showing love for myself, showing love for myself, even when I have a headache, even when I feel, you know, distraught, even when, you know, I don't feel like I look my best is that all of a sudden I was like, oh, the more I do this, the more that do this, like I actually do love myself. Mm -hmm. And that is just, revolutionary for me. And I think it's revolutionary for a lot of the women that you work with. Um, and so I imagine that you get to see so many incredible transformations mm. with women doing this. Oh, it's uh, when I am in a session at style school, style school is five weeks long. I have, um, I cry every day. There's not a day that goes by where somebody doesn't come in and share their, like share an aha moment, a breakthrough where they say something like, you know, I got dressed in this today. And the, I call them giblets, sort of like those voices inside your head that are trying to throw you under the bus and say mean things to you. Um, and the giblets were yammering, but I, you know, I stuck with it. And then it was some, you know, later in the afternoon, I walked by a mirror and I took my breath away. Mm. Right. Like, can you imagine like the, the, like, I, I looked in the mirror and I was like, there I am. That mo- when women have those moments, and sometimes it happens on day four, sometimes it happens on day 25, right? And they have that moment because it's, it's, you got to, you got a lot of stuff to dig through sometimes to find that and to be gutsy enough to explore your closet in a brand new way because we get into ruts. We wear this with that, and this is how it is. And then I say, why don't you take your shirt and roll your sleeves up, cuff your pants, put on a necklace. You don't have a necklace, make one out of some cardboard and some tinfoil. I don't care. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't matter to me. Uh, you don't have a scarf. Take that pillowcase in the back. I see behind you, grab that, wrap it around your neck and just try something new, right? Expl- like just be curious. Like style school is all about being curious and going places we've never been from before. My rule in style school is day one. You cannot wear anything you've worn before the way you've worn it before. Like, of course you can wear the same pants every single day that you're in style school. I don't care about that, but we're going to wear them differently than we've worn them before. You wear this shirt with these pants, tuck it differently, flip it backwards, turn it inside out, change your socks, put on different earrings, part your hair to the other side, do something different every single time. It's such a great, just life lessons. I mean, just like we get so stuck and doing the same thing day in and day out. And then all of a sudden our life feels lackluster. Mm-hmm. Like how do we bring more luster back in our life? We have to be more curious. We have to be willing to do something different, even if it's a little uncomfortable, even if it goes against some belief systems, especially if it goes against some 
belief systems that we've been carrying for a really long time. So I think this is just incredible work that you're doing. Like, okay, let's get in there. Let's make yourself a little uncomfortable so that you could become more comfortable in your bodies yes. and take ownership yes. back of that and self-authority. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we are coming up on our second break of the show. So don't go anywhere. We're talking with Stacia. Okay, I'm going to do this again. Savasic. Savasic. Yeah. Savasic. We're like right in the middle there. Wicked close. Okay. I know. <laughs> but wow. So don't go anywhere. But in the meantime, jump over to my Instagram account and sign up for the three-day live event that is happening this coming Monday, September 26th. And it goes through Tuesday and Wednesday of next week where we're going to dive into how to awaken your sacred feminine power. And there's many ways that we can do this, but I'm going to share with you three goddess practices that have really helped me tap into my own personal power and reclaiming my worth. So I look forward to being having you in the group. It's totally free, easy to do. So just sign up and I'll see you there. And we'll be right back with Stacia. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the Divine Feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful, magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Welcome back, everyone, to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I'm here with Stacia. I'm not even going to try the last name again, but say Stacia. <laughs> Stacia's good. Stacia's good. Yeah. You're just like the one word, like the yeah. one name. Yeah. Know? So I've always said that too. I just want to be Lindsay because um, <laughs> no one can get my last name right either. So let's just drive back in. You know, during the break, we were talking a little bit. I mentioned to you how a lot of the clients and women that I work with, that what really becomes apparent is how little they actually trust their own intuition and what, what they actually need. We're, they've been so conditioned to look outside of themselves like, okay, what is everyone else doing? And maybe I need to try that on or that on instead of really trusting their own internal guidance system. It's this something that I imagine this is what you're seeing a lot with 
your clients and the women that you're working with as well. Absolutely. And it's, and it's, and it makes sense, right? Because when we're looking outward to say, what is everybody doing? How do I make sure that I fit in? Our bodies are biologically wired for connection, right? And so if everybody's wearing the skinny jeans, I'm going to wear the skinny jeans, even though I can't put them on my body and they do not fit. I'm going to try because I want to be part of the group. I don't want to be on the outside. I have this drive that's going to override everything that's going to make me want to fit in, right? But at what expense? Because there's a perceived safety in that. It's just like the basic nervous system wants to keep us safe. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is you know, this is residual stuff from our childhood. When Once we learn, we, you know, so we're biologically wired for this connection. Once we learn that if I do what everybody else does, then I, then I become part of the group. That's, that's now our, that's our operating system. Like that's the blueprint in which we are going to operate now. So it takes some work to realize that that safety that we're seeking outside of us is really tenuous because I'm depending on somebody else to tell me whether or not I belong. I no longer have any say. So if they tell me, no, I fall to the ground. I'm on my knees in tears. It feels like a gut punch, right? So the work I think is bringing it, bringing it in, learning to trust yourself, creating that safety inside yourself where you're no longer dependent on anybody creating that safety for you. I have found, and there's so many different ways to do this, but the work that I do with women, which is really fun because we do it in our closets, is we do small, brave things every single day to practice trusting ourselves. I say to you, why don't you put on two different earrings today. And people go, I couldn't, (laughs) whatever, right? Like, how about you puff your pants? How about you wear the black belts instead of the brown belts, even though you're wearing the opposite color shoes, right? Like, how about you wear a silver and a gold necklace at the same time? So I will often intentionally invite women to break the damn rules and then sit with that discomfort right? When you feel that discomfort, tend to yourself, oh, this is hard for me. The conditioning is strong. Yeah. Because girl, good girls don't break the rules. We don't break the rules, right? We don't break the rules. And so it's all, it's that. And then just kind of sitting with yourself and then the end of the day comes and you're like, oh yeah, I did that. And you're, and then so, you know, it's, and one of the things that I'm always so like, like vocal about it. it's like oh but it's such a small thing I can't believe I'm so embarrassed I'm so afraid like I, I'm you know it's like all I'm doing is checking my shirt in yet I'm terrified this is so ridiculous and I'm like no this is not ridiculous this is huge these small things are big things because of the ways we have been societally trained to be obedient So it doesn't matter if you're breaking the tiniest little rule or the biggest giantest rule, it's going to send shockwaves and alarm bells are going to go off in our bodies, right? So being able to do these little tiny rule breaking, different than the way you've done them before things, right? Even things like yesterday with my heels and jeans, never done it before. My brain was like, I don't know where to process this. I don't have any prior experience 
to match this up against to say this experience is going to be safe for you, Stacia. So I'm going to shut it down. Who do you think you are? You don't have the legs for this. You look ridiculous. That's my body's way of saying, I don't have, I, I don't know what to do with this new data. It scares me. Just, well, like, let's shut it down. Right. So then I go, Oh, yeah, you're feeling nervous, body. It's okay. We got this. Orange shoes and jeans. It's really okay. <laughs> right. You put in a little perspective. And then the end of the day comes. Now your brain has a new piece of data to match it up against. Next time I go to wear the jeans and the heels, I'm going to be okay because now my brain has data. It was okay. Right. So this is me creating safety inside my body. And I can do that by doing a little brave thing every single day. Feels like nothing. I wore one shade darker lipstick than I've worn before. Amazing. I'm so proud of you for being brave. Those small, tiny, manageable, controllable acts of bravery over time build resilience, right? And that resilience is safety. It's felt safety inside our bodies. We can do this with our closets. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I just it's, my, it's mind blowing. It's mind- I think it's phenomenal. Yeah. And it's like you said, it's just like one small thing at a time because, yeah. and we know this as coaches and, you know, with our clients, we can't like take them all the way out there to the biggest thing because it will no create, you know, it will be just too much for them. You have yeah. to start with a small, consistent things over a long period of time. I'll throw in a little yoga uh, sutra here. It's like, it says like we, the way that we build this resiliency and change is through consistent practice over a long period of time. And we do it with awe and reverence. So in your case, you know, it's all in reverence for yourself and your own body. Like have these small changes, keep doing them, build the resilience, be in awe of your beautiful body, show love to your body until you can walk past that mirror and be like, damn you look really good today. Or what did you say? There she is. There she is. There she is. And yeah. wow, isn't she amazing? And then to celebrate, this is something I teach my clients too, is like celebrate, like really celebrate those moments because it creates that stronger neuro conditioning, like neuro synapse. Mm-hmm. And it really builds that. So now you have new neuro pathways to come back to and like you said, now when you put the orange shoes on and the jeans and the shirt, which I saw on Instagram, by the way, fabulous. I was like, pretty good, right? <laughs> it's great. It looks awesome. I was like, where'd she yeah. get those shoes? Yeah. <laughs> orange is my favorite but, color. Yeah, it's yeah. great. And so I just absolutely love this. And it's so easy. It's like so accessible. Walk into your closet, put your hands on your body. What do you feel you need today? What do you need today? Um, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's really been life-changing for me and it's been life-changing for the women that I've worked with, right? Because it that it no longer becomes about what will people think, it's how do I how do I feel? And I will that right there is so powerful because if we stop believing what you know, all that conditioning, all the advertising, all the marketing, all that stuff that keeps coming in telling us what yeah. we should be wearing, how much we should be investing into products, Oh. And guess what? We hold the power. Mm-hmm. Oh, the whole system would crumble. Wouldn't that be amazing if we all decided to not participate in <laughs> the beauty standards hierarchy? It would oh be incredible. I know. It would be no? incredible to have all that power back 
within our own bodies and that self-sovereignty again, self-authority would be incredible because we wouldn't be trying to adhere to someone else's belief about what we should look like and behave like. Which by the way, is always changing. So you will never catch up, right? You're like, I finally figured it. I finally, wait, that's not true anymore. Something it's something else now, right? It's always shifting. It's always changing. And so you will be spending, which is wicked smart for the, for the multi-billion dollar companies that are making bank off of our backs, right? Every time we need something new and the new color of the year, the new one, I'm like, I don't know. I just bought whatever found that I love that made me feel good. (laughs) You know, I I read uh, not too long ago that it could have changed by now. There's no longer four seasons in the fashion industry. There's like 10. There yeah. might be more now. So it's always changing. We always changing. Never keep and up. The, I mean, in the, 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 the impact, you know, you heard me say that I thrift, the impact that the fashion industry has on our planet is if you, like, if we knew the impact, our shopping, our incessant shopping, our need to fit in, to keep up, to have a new line, to do, like, if we knew the impact, we wouldn't be able to continue because the, the, the guilt would overwhelm us, mm-hmm. but that's all hidden behind a curtain. So we have no idea the impact of our choices. It's, I mean, pe- people literally die because of our choices working yeah. in horrible conditions. You know, I mean, it's just, there's so much, I mean, I could, we, we could. Yeah. Really talk and I also, I read somewhere um, and I can't quote where I read this, but that, more clothing goes into landfills than plastic. That was mind-boggling for me. Like, well, and most clothing now is plastic. If we think about it, all the synthetic clothes, all plastic. Mm-hmm. It's all plastic. These like, like, oh, those cute synthetic pants are going to be on the planet for the next ten thousand years. Think about that and how that's to- toxifying. Is that a word? To- toxifying. It is for today. <laughs> Cre- creating toxins. <laughs> I don't know. Putting toxins into. Into the soil, into the waterways. You know what I mean? It's really devastating. It's really devastating. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I thrift. So, yeah. So, um, which is amazing to me that that a small town in Vermont can have such amazing thrift clothes. (laughs) But I think everybody is. Everybody in town thrifts. We all thrift. So I'm like, oh, it's like, oh, you're wearing my sweater. You're wearing my shoes. (laughs) That's pretty funny. That's beautiful. Yeah, I love so it. We're getting, Evan, we're getting close to the end of our show. So I don't want us to lose the opportunity to hear how our listeners can connect with you. I mean, you have Style School. It's this coming up October the 7th. Yes, it's registration opens on October 7th, last session of the year. So it's five weeks. And this is let everyone know a little bit about the Style School. Style School is awesome. <laughs> Okay, there know. you go. It's awesome. I know, I, you need to know. I, know I wrote it. I know I go <laughs> the teacher and it's so fantastic. It's so great. And I've been teaching it for a long time. And every time I teach it, I teach it better, right? That's what I love about teaching is that you're always, always, always better. Um, so it's five weeks long and we really walk through a lot of what we've talked about on the call. Week one of style school is about connecting to soul fire. What are, who are you and how do you want to show up? What are the parts of you that you are looking to connect to, right? Week two is about understanding your body. It's collecting your body's data and learning how to dress it in a way, dress her in a way that you can look in the mirror and go, 
There she is. So often we try to hide parts of our body. And then whenever we do that, we're like putting neon signs saying, look here. So we learn how to stop doing that thing that we do by creating balance and proportion. Week three, we get really gutsy with color. Week four, we play with accessories. And that's when I'm like, try this, try that, mix it up, do something different. Like, And I have a prompt every day. So you're not doing it on your own. There's a prompt. Um, and then week five is when we curate our closets, when we take everything out and we only put back what we love. So it's not a purge. It's a, it's a curation of your collection of things that connect you to soul fire. It's really magical. Yeah. It's where really can we learn more about that? Tell us, is it on your website? Yes. You can check me out at stacia.savasic.com and please visit me on Instagram. It's my stacia.savasic is my handle. And I put out so much free content on Instagram. I'm so always following you. I don't just write a one paragraph. I write like a newsletter every day, sometimes twice a day, just because I have so much to share because I want this to be a revolution for all of us. I love that. So definitely go visit Stacia on her um, IG handle, Stacia's, here we Savasic. go, <laughs> So her website by the same name. And then join her on October 7th for her yeah. style revolution and our style school. So Thank you so much. I so enjoyed this conversation and I hope our listeners got great value out of this because I know I did. So everyone, you are listening to Voice Voice America Empowerment Channel. I am Lindsay McCowan. This is Women Thriving Unapologetically. And be sure to go and check out the three-day live experience starting next week where you get to dive in for three days straight with me um, for one hour a day. And we're going to learn some goddess practices to help awaken your divine feminine power. So definitely jump over to my website or to my Instagram and say hello to both Stacia and myself. And we'll see you next week, same time, 10 a.m. East Coast time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Women Thriving Unapologetically. We hope we've inspired you to claim your birthright to thrive. Tune in next week where we will continue to give you the tools you need to flourish, prosper, and thrive. Until then, have a beautiful week.